I wanted to take a moment, and there's so much that I could say uh, about the vision and the values of our church. I just wanted to remind us, wanted to remind us of who we are as a church. By the way, if you're visiting, if you're new here, you know, you came on sort of a really unique Sunday where we're around tables, and you're, you're in the right place. In fact, you came at, on a great Sunday if this is your first time because you get pie, first of all. And second, and second, you sort of get an inside look into the inner workings and the life of our church because, believe it or not, we're, we're a, a, a big, supersized family is what we are. And we're always adding to our family. And there's just like your family has a family culture, you know, your family celebrates certain holidays and doesn't really emphasize other holidays. You know, every family sort of has its own culture. And our family, it's a, it's a big, supersized family, but we, we have our own culture and we have sort of our own values. And, uh, and those are things that is important for us to, to know. So if you're new, um, I'm so glad that you're here. In fact, I should have mentioned this earlier, but on, your t- on the tables there are these, these cars, there's, they're yellow. And if, you're, if you are visiting, make sure you fill that out and you can take that back there to that sign that says next steps. And uh, you will get one of these awesome pumpkin spice West Side mugs. All right. So that's our gift to you for coming and, and, uh, and taking a risk on coming to a new place. Uh, but I want to remind us who we are as a church and why we do what we do. Here's why we exist. West Side exists to reconcile people to God step by step. That's why we exist. We exist to reconcile people to God step by step. The passage that I want to take you to real briefly is in Acts. And what's happening in the book of Acts, it's, it's in the New Testament. It's right after Jesus has come and he's gone and he's left this incredibly huge job for his disciples. He says, go, I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them what I've taught you. And so the disciples take this challenge and they go, and there's a lot of challenges in the first century. They're taking the gospel, the good news. The word gospel means the good news that Jesus is alive. They're taking it all these different places, and there's challenges because they're, they're bumping up against things that they never experienced before. And this movement, the, the, the Christian movement, started out of, out of Judaism. These are all like Jewish guys and, and, and women, these, these early disciples. But they're, they're getting a whole new look on what they've always believed. And Jesus is, comes and says, hey, this whole thing, it's all about me. And their whole, their whole sort of worldview is turned upside down. And they've seen Jesus alive. And so they're, they're spreading out. And, uh, but they've got all these sort of customs that the Jewish people had had for centuries. And they come up with this idea, or they come up with, with this challenge of with these non-Jewish people who are, who are coming to faith, these Gentiles is what they call them, um, these Gentiles are coming to faith, what sort of Jewish customs should we have them adopt? And they've got these big questions. And there's this one big sort of, sort of, uh, sort of entrance qualification for in the Jewish religion that they were thinking, hey, we should have all the Gentiles do this. I'm not going to tell you what it is because there's children in the room, all right? But it's a very sort of, it's very hardcore and it, it involves some sort of a surgery, all right? And, uh, and they're thinking, hey, if we're going to have these Gentiles become Christians, they need to sort of go under the knife and get some surgery so they can become more Jewish. And there's this big debate. In fact, it's a huge deal. They have to call a conference together to have a conversation of, are we going to have these Gentiles do this or not? Here's what happens. Here's their conversation. It's so instructive for us as a church and the kind of church we want to be. Listen to this. Listen. So this is Acts 15. The apostles and elders met to consider the question. They're asking the question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. And he says, brothers, 
You know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving, them, by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? And then he says something really, really profound. He says, no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Now, if you understand the context, it'd be It'd be, it's crazy for, for Peter to say this because they always believed that like the people who were, the people who God loves are the Jewish people and those Gentiles, they're not Jewish. So God isn't for them. He, he's, he's against them. And then Jesus steps onto the scene and here's Jesus and he's not just healing Jewish people. He's, 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 he's healing Gentiles. He's, he's going all out into the community and he's proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come to all men and women, all flesh, everyone, no matter, no matter who they are and no matter what they've done. And the Jewish people were sort of perturbed by this, or some of them were, and they said, you know, no, God is going to rescue and save the good ones, the people who perform well, the people who are good rule followers, and we've been good rule followers. But Jesus steps onto the scene and he says, no, 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 no. None of us can be perfect rule followers. We all fall short. We all need grace. And here's Peter making this declaration to say, hey guys, why are we trying to put, why are we trying to make them jump through hoops when we haven't even been able to jump through the hoops? We haven't been able to do it. We are saved through grace as much as they are. We all get in the same way. And then um, he, quotes, uh, he quotes a prophet, Isaiah. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. And he, and he quotes it. But then, but then in a little bit, Later on, James steps, James steps up. Um, James steps up and he says, uh, the whole, here's what happens. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the, the signs and the wonders that God had done uh, among the Gentiles through them. And it goes on. When they finished, James, now this is the, brothers, the brother of Jesus. This is the brother of Jesus, James. James steps up. And he says, brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. I'm sorry, he's the one that quotes Isaiah. And then he says this. Listen, this is for us. This is for our church. Listen to the wisdom behind what James is about to say next. Here's what he says. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. He says, here's what we should do. We've got all these Gentiles who want to come to know Jesus. Let's not put any roadblocks in the way. Let's not create any unnecessary sort of hoops for them to jump through because we want them to see Jesus. Let's, in fact, try to take away any roadblock we can, any unnecessary roadblock so that they can see Jesus. And they talk about it and they discuss and they decide there's just a couple things that they're going to have the Gentiles do. But they decide, no, 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 we are going to make sure that we make it easy for the Gentiles to come to know Jesus. Now, here's what we know, church, Westside, listen, is um, it's not easy following Jesus. It's a sacrifice. We, we lay down our lives because we have a God who laid down his life for us. It is a sacrifice to follow Jesus. Oh, yes, it is. 
But you know what? People aren't going to know the joy and the love and the peace and the sacrifice that it takes to follow Jesus if they're not able to get into an environment where they can see Jesus clearly. Where we create an environment where it is easy for people to come and bring their walls down and help them see who Jesus truly is. And you know, church, I'm so proud of us because we are, we're creating that environment. I can't tell you how many times I've heard you say, hey, I, I've been to other churches and I never felt comfortable inviting a friend who didn't believe in Christianity yet. But man, Westside, I feel so comfortable inviting a friend to come and, and be a part of our community and, and wrestle with their questions and see Jesus clearly. And I love that. I love that. James would say, hey, let's not, let's not make it difficult. And I would say to us, Westside, thank you for being a church that's not making it difficult and putting too many roadblocks in the way. We want to be a church that is so committed to reconciling people to God step by step because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that will change a human heart. It's the only thing that will drive out the pride and the arrogance out of us. And it's the only thing that truly is the hope of the world. It's the gospel of Jesus. Thanks for being a church that makes that possible. That's who we are as a church. Thanks for, thanks for building that along with me, along with our team. It's so, so beautiful. And I want to remind us that that's the kind of church we are and that's the kind of church we're going to continue to be. Amen? Don't you want to be a part of a church like that? Didn't some of you come to Jesus because you were a part of a church like that where walls were brought down so you could see Jesus clearly? That's the kind of church we're going to be. To close, there's, uh, there's some things ahead of us for our, in our future that, uh, that we need to be on the same page about and I'm excited to talk with you about. So the big thing, though, um, that's immediately ahead of us is uh, our, uh, we've been growing. We grow slowly but surely, and we've grown to the point where um, we've reached sort of a, a cap of being able to grow in, in healthy ways because of, uh, because of our one service, okay? With gathering just once on a Sunday morning, which is so fun and so great, we just get to be here for one, um, there, uh, there's some things that, that, that sort of uh, hinders us to be able to grow and flourish past that one service. And uh, we are in a great spot as a church financially. We're in a great spot just relationally and also with our teams. Our teams have never been stronger. And, uh, and they just get to continue to grow stronger. Um, so here's, here's a big, big, uh, exciting change um, that, that uh, we're going to make as a church coming up on November 4th. Okay, On November 4th, we're going to be adding a service to our Sunday morning gathering. Okay, um, We're going to add a service to our Sunday morning gathering. And this is going to bring with it some, some challenges. It's going to be 9, 15, and 11, as you can see behind me. Um, there's going to add. Some, there's going to be some challenges to that, but the benefits of going to two services and having two service times greatly outweigh greatly outweigh the 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 challenges that come with it. Every time there's change, anytime there's change, we often tend to focus on what we have to lose instead of all the awesome things that we have to gain. And so here's a couple things that we have to gain. Uh, in order for, uh, to gain from going to two services, okay? Uh, I've got a list here, and I'm excited. One is uh, it paves the way for future growth and health of our church. It paves the way. Here's how it does that, is it gives us this really cool thing that we haven't been able to have um, it called the it's attend one, serve one, okay? Attend one, serve one. Um, 
is when we have two services, one of the, one of the things that, uh, that we've never really had before is the ability for people to serve on a team and then also be able to participate in coming to church. So in the past, whenever you're serving on a team, especially with our kids, you don't get the chance to, to be in service. And that's actually been one of the things that's held off a lot of, a lot of people from j- even joining a team is because, hey, I don't, I don't want to miss out on service. And, uh, and we get that. We understand that. Attending one and serving one opens a lot of doors. First, it opens up doors for more people to contribute and serve. So more people are going to be able to contribute and serve when you know that you can still go to a service and still serve on another team. It also opens up the doors for us to be more strategic with our, with our different teams. So for instance, with our crew who come in and set up and tear down. In the past, it's been just one crew. You come in in the morning and you tear down on the same day and you just do that once a month. But going to two services, we, we, we could keep it the same. We could have it the same crew and they just come in a little earlier and stay later. Or with doing two services with crew enables us the ability to have a morning crew and an afternoon crew. You know what that does? For all you morning people who love to just get up in the morning, that's going to be perfect. You come do morning crew and then you don't have to do anything else the rest of the day. You don't have to tear down. But some of you haven't joined up on crew because the idea of getting up so early is like, no, I can't do that. So if you have an afternoon crew, then suddenly now it opens up a door for people who can be on the afternoon crew and they don't have to do the morning crew. Um, so it gives us some, and that's just an example of one team that gives us the ability to do that. So it opens up more doors for people to contribute and serve. It opens up more doors for consistency on our teams. Consistency. So this is especially evident when it comes to our kids, our kids teams. Is right now when you serve on a kids team, you, uh, we only have you on like once a month or two times a month. And we just try not to have it be any more than that. But, uh, but what happens then is not only are you not allowed to, you can't be in here when you're serving, but also um, you're only in there once a month. You can't remember the kids' names. The kids are coming in and they don't remember your name. And they just had a, you know, little Johnny had a conversation last week about something. And then this week, um, there's a whole new team of leaders in there. And so they don't know how to take, you know, the ball down the field with Johnny from week to week. And as we know, kids thrive when they've got those relationships. Their hearts open up. And so one of the ways that we can build a lot of great consistency, with, consistency is by adding a service. Now we can, have, we can have people serving more often on those teams and they can attend one and they can serve. And you don't have to serve every week, but we've got plenty of people here who have said, man, if we had two services, I would love to serve every week. I would go to first service and then second service, I would, I would lead a small group for, a fourth, for fourth graders and I just get to see them every week. And parents are dropping off their kids to the same people every week. There's a lot of benefit to be able to, to get the consistency that we need there. Uh, so two or two services are going to be able to do that. It also opens the door for people to potentially serve on more than one team. Not that that's an expectation, right? But it opens up the door for that. So being able doing two services means that you could greet for first service and then come and enjoy service, and then second service you can lead a kids uh, a, a kids small group or or something else. But in the past, you know, we just wouldn't have the ability to be on two teams with one service. But it, so it opens the door for that. Um, it also makes our children's environments more intentional and relational. So remember how I told you that there were 17 babies in there one week, a few weeks ago? Some of our other classrooms, there's just tons of kids in there. It's exciting. But for some of you who have been trying to lead those, those, uh, those classrooms, um, just like in the public schools, you know, when the classroom sizes get bigger, man, it's hard to make those environments 
it's relational and intentional and you feel like you're just hurting people, you know, for an hour in the morning. And we don't want our environments to feel like that at all. So having two services uh, reduces our class sizes and our environment sizes so that we're able to be much more intentional with our kids and all of our different environments for kids. Um, it, uh, it opens doors for more people to come to church. So with two different service options, um, that's, a, that's a benefit because uh, sometimes... 10 o'clock for some of you is too early. For some of you, it's too early. You know, I don't get it. But hey, you know, it's all right. Um, we've got an 11 o'clock. Or for some of you parents who you got the kids, you know, you're trying to get the kids ready and it's starting to go crazy. And you can't, and you're like waiting until 10 is just too long. Now there's a 9.15 option. Um, and, uh, and if you have something going on later that day or if there's a football game you need to catch, you know, I don't know. You know, whatever it is. Um, there we go. Um, you know, you can do the earlier one. So it just gives us lots more opportunity for service times, and that's a plus. Listen to this one. I love this one. It creates more opportunities to invite people to church with you so that they can experience Jesus. With so many people serving on teams, when you're serving on a team that takes you out of here, you're not going to invite a friend because you're not going to not sit with them, right? You never invite a friend and then just leave them here and say, okay, you'll be fine. I'm going to go, you know, serve with the kids. Um, so doing two services enable us to still serve on teams, but also intentionally be able to have a service where you can intentionally invite friends, sit with them, and, and uh, be a part of having them hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that's a big one. Um, there are challenges ahead with, with doing two services. Um, one question is, what do we do with kids who have families who are serving and they're here for two services? Uh, phase two of us going to two services is going to be able to provide an opportunity or a, a sort of a space for them so that they're not in kids' church twice. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's down the road for us. Initially, we're going to provide all, the, all the, the kids' church stuff for both services. And uh, some kids will be able to be in here for, for one service with their families, which is beautiful, and then be in kids' church. And some might be in there twice. Uh, but we'll, we'll get over those hurdles together, and we'll figure that out as a, as a family. Um, here's what I want you to hear is when, when I say two services, with all the different work that we do, here's what, here's what we're not doing. We're not creating a system where the same people are just going to be asked to do more. That's not what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Is we're shifting the way that we gather so that, so that more people, so that more people can serve more people better. We're not asking the same people to do more. We're asking more people to get on board and serve and be a part of a team so that, so that we can serve more people better. And we really believe two services is going to help us serve more people better and it's going to make us healthier as a church. Um, it's going to make our Sunday gathering sizes a little bit smaller initially, um, but that's okay. That's part, of, uh, that's part of what some of us really love about being a part of a sort of a smaller church as we get to know each other better in smaller environments. Uh, so uh, we're excited for those changes. So November 4th, November 4th is our first Sunday where we're going to have a 9.15 and we're going to have an 11 o'clock and... Um, and the same people aren't going to do more, is we want to get more people involved so we can serve pe more people better. Amen? That's who we want to be as a church. We're going to serve more people better.